0: Why I Gave Up on the False Promise of Online Dating Algorithms by Nicole Peeler originally published on Medium. Audio by Internet Public Radio. After leaving my partner of six years in Scotland, I didn't date for two years. I was grieving my relationship, even though ending it was for the best. I was also consumed by my first job as a professor, and writing my first contracted novels. But after a move to Pittsburgh for a new job, I decided I was ready to date again. Everyone told me I had only one option, online dating. Otherwise I'd never meet anyone. In the pre-swiping era of 2010 there were two credible options, Match.com and Chemistry.com. After perusing both sites, the PhD and me couldn't resist the second. It had me take a quiz, then assigned me a type so Chemistry.com could find me compatible matches. Quite frankly, online dating sounded like a relief, given that regular dating necessitated all the things I knew I wasn't good at, like making myself vulnerable and letting strangers into my tidy little existence. I loved the idea of a science to clean up what was otherwise messy, intimidating, and time-consuming. If matched with perfect options, surely one would resolve into a perfect partner? One of my first dates was with a man I'll call Chaz. Chaz wasn't my usual type. He was kinda weedy, with a ponytail and John Lennon-esque glasses. He had an art degree and was stereotypically underemployed in a job with bad hours. Chemistry.com, however, insisted we were absurdly compatible so I gave him a shot. On the surface, it went well. We both worked all the time, so we didn't see each other very often. But when we did, it was nice. He was a good listener and he had some interesting rules, for example, one should always, and only, order two toppings on any given pizza. I'd spent my twenties dallying with men who may or may not have been employed by MI6, or played cricket, the games take entire days, people, or who wanted me to disappear with them into swamps or up mountains to do God knows what. I'd expended a lot of energy on relationship drama, ridiculous adventures, and making cucumber sandwiches. In contrast, Chaz simply went to work at a museum. He either didn't have hobbies or passions, or he didn't have the resources to pursue them. So when we were together, we'd cook dinner and watch movies, or walk down the road for a pizza with only two toppings. It was comfortingly bland, like a casserole. After about six months, the other shoe dropped. From the beginning, Chaz had told me about his best friend, who I will call Crystal. Whereas I had two careers, Crystal was unable to keep a job. I purposefully keep my life fairly tidy, because I'm too busy not to. But Crystal's life was a mess that, as her best friend, Chaz, was always helping her clean up. He'd get a call that her brother had been arrested in another state, and did he mind driving her to pick up So and So's car, because she'd wrecked hers, so she could drive to post bail and pick her brother up from the pokey. Better yet, could he just take her to New Jersey? I realized I was upset about the cheating, but I didn't really care about losing him. We weren't actually suited for one another. He'd always say yes, with my blessing. My friends all said, wait, who is this, best friend, and why is he always helping her, I would reply, I know what you're suggesting. But he's just illustrating his generosity and dependability. I was the only person surprised when he turned to me and said, I need to tell you something, turns out his, best friend, was actually someone he'd fancied for years. And she'd never reciprocated his feelings. Until he gave up, met me, and things went well between us. She'd told him the night before, after borrowing $50 for her light bill, that she was having second thoughts and maybe they should be together. Knowing she could lose him, she realized how much she cared about him. And she'd kissed him. I'd dated a virtual circus of carnivalesque characters, but I'd never been cheated on and it hurt. Chaz basically admitted to passing off someone he wanted to bone as his best friend, and that they'd, at the least, made out the previous evening. Online dating was a misnomer, I wanted to use it to skip dating and go straight into a partnership. I didn't want to get to know someone and make myself vulnerable. So, I said to him, someone who has rejected you for years suddenly changes her mind after you become... unavailable? And you think she's serious? That if we break up, and you're free, she'll be there waiting? I wanted to explain he was being incredibly dumb. Cosmo would tell him anyone who only wants you when you appear happy with someone else isn't really into you. Spoiler alert, a few months later, on the social media I couldn't resist stalking, Crystal was showing off matching tattoos with a new boyfriend who was definitely not Chaz, but before I settled him down for some real talk, I snapped out of it. I was the person upon whom he'd cheated, therefore he could go fuck himself. After we broke up, I thought it all through. I realized I was upset about the cheating, but I didn't really care about losing him. We weren't actually suited for one another. Chaz simply didn't demand anything from me at a time I didn't have much energy to spare, and I'd confused something that was easy with something that was good. This was actually an important lesson to learn, but I kept getting stuck by the fact that chemistry.com had told me we're compatible. I'd taken a test, created by a real, bona fide anthropologist. I'd paid money. Why hadn't it worked? Eventually, I figured out that what I'd really hoped I was paying for was to take dating out of finding a relationship. Online dating, for me at least, was a misnomer, I wanted to use it to skip dating and go straight into a partnership. I didn't want to have to put in the work to get to know someone and I certainly didn't want to make myself vulnerable. I hate liking someone and not knowing if they like me. I hate not liking someone, and feeling like I should because they're good on paper. I also have an extremely traitorous vagina, which inevitably finds the most incompatible human being in a room and demands I climb them like a tree. Obviously, the real problem is that I don't like feeling out of control. Yes, I am in therapy for this. But back then, dating was just really scary in a way I didn't know how to handle. That's where online dating came in. From its inception, it suggested that it gave us control. Take how online dating has evolved, with each new site, app, or upgrade purporting to address a problem the competition doesn't. Afraid people don't find you attractive? This app allows you to communicate only with people who've already expressed interest. Afraid you'll get dick pics from every creeper without a shirt inexplicably holding a fish? No problem, they can't contact you until you contact them. Afraid you're swiping right on someone who has already swiped left? Just pay a few extra bucks and you'll see who likes you first. This last one is the Tech Bros attempt to hack the age-old dilemma of the elementary school note reading, do you like me? Circle yes, no, I think the implicit promise of online dating is that it will make connection easier, so we can jump straight into a relationship with our perfect partner. And yet, anyone who has spent any time in the trenches knows nothing is easier. Nothing is safer. No algorithm can take vulnerability out of dating. If anything, online dating has facilitated new iterations of vulnerability ghosting, orbiting, breadcrumbing, benching. And yet, that promise of control even for those of us who know it must be false, is so very tempting. After all, what I was really doing when I'd sit, after a breakup, and think through what I'd done wrong, was trying to figure out how to get it right, I wanted there to be a hack for having a great relationship. After a while, I decided online dating wasn't for me. Unfortunately, I also thought I'd figured out a new way to, to do it right, I resolved to meet people IRL and become friends first. A good relationship comes from friendship i told myself like a mantra because i'd read it as a mantra a bazillion times on the internet almost right away there appeared from the ether a friend to date he was suddenly back in the market after a long time and focusing a considerable amount of attention on me i could trust this person we were friends finally i had it all figured out then he broke my heart turns out that while i thought he was my answer i was his stepping stone my best strategy, the strategy psychology.com had helped me devise. Hadn't worked. I was convinced I'd never meet anyone else, ever again. Of course, literally the first time I went out thinking, I guess I'm ready to meet someone, an obscenely tall someone folded themselves into the barstool. Next to me. He was that perfect paradox I appreciate, a social worker and a bouncer, which meant that he looked terrifically intimidating and yet asked things like how did that make you feel, followed up by lots of white questions. He proceeded to rock my world for the next few months. That said, he wasn't safe, none of us are. We're bundles of angst and fear and desire and baggage. Some of us are outright shitbirds. Even the sweetest of us have a dark side. We all have traumas and scars. In the case of Mr. Tall, there were practical considerations, like living on opposite sides of the country and knowing long-distance relationships are for the birds. Nowadays, my plan for relationships is no plan. Contingency is part of my art, as a writer. I know a book will always surprise me and that part of the delight in writing is recognizing and working with such surprises. Also, by trying to control past relationships, I sucked the joy out of them and drove myself bonkers. More importantly, though, is coming to Jesus about vulnerability. To learn to sit in it, and with it. To acknowledge that we're most interesting when we're vulnerable. Despite how tightly wound I might be, I'm learning to unravel myself, bit by bit, in a way that is both frightening and freeing. As for online dating, don't let me scare you away. Just know the algorithms might bring more people to your attention, but they can't make relationships any less complicated or less scary. And that's not a bad thing, opportunity springs from complexity. We just have to be brave enough to grow into the sudden plot twists that vulnerability creates. So put on a shirt and put down that fish, and get to getting vulnerable.